Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Weems podcast. We're so glad to have you listening in today. Before Carrie joins us in today's episode, we want to remind you that the best way to keep up with all the latest content being released by Carrie is to follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter, so follow her at Carrie Weems, and you can also find her on Facebook as well, and even comment to let us know how much you're enjoying the podcast and the teaching that Carrie has been bringing to all of us. And don't forget, you can always visit CarrieWeems.com to learn more about her and to see a full list of the books, curriculums, and resources that she has recently released. Thanks again for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Carrie Weems podcast. So glad you're joining us today. And um, today I'm going to be continuing my series called So You Want to Write a Book. And um, I've got episodes one and two up in my podcast. You can go listen to those if you want to hit those first before you listen to this one. They kind of build on each other. So you want to listen to them in order. But um, in this series, I just kind of unpack my process for writing a book. And a lot of people have come up to me and um, asked me, How do you go about writing a book? How do you go about getting it published? And I don't really give a lot of publishing advice. Most of that is in chapter one, but um, I mean, in episode one, but um, you know, I'm not a master at writing books. I've only written three. So, but what I know, I'm so happy to share. And I've asked uh, Clay Baird to come and uh, interview me today because it is uh, a lot more fun when two people yes. are talking than one. So thanks, Clay. Welcome. I'm, I am so excited to be on the Carrie Weems podcast. This is a bucket list for me. Oh, so this well. is, is as good as it gets. <laughs> I'm very flattered. Thank you. <laughs> I am so excited. But honestly, I'm glad to be here today. We could do um, some back and forth. I know some some questions and a lot of people. Thank you so much. I know all of you know Carrie's listeners that send in questions. We see all of the questions mm-hmm. that get sent in. And a lot of that's probably going to turn into podcast material yep. uh, down the road. And uh, we're going to talk about writing a book. And, and you know, I, obviously you just said you've written three. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, the average listener probably doesn't also know the amount of groups, curriculums, yeah. and all other types of resources uh, that take a lot, a lot of energy, almost yeah. as much energy as, as writing a book. For sure, yeah. Um, and so uh, so we're going to talk about this. And, man, it's so good to have uh, Carrie sharing this wisdom with all of us. I know, you know, writing a book is something that's on my lifelong to-do list. Uh, maybe we'll even get to multiples. So I'm learning even as we go, but um, I just have some stuff. If we just want to jump right in, we're going to just look at some of the things that you can share with us. And so, um, you know, obviously you said you've written three books. Uh, first of all, do you I, do you plan to write a book in the next 12 months, do you think? I do. I'm working on a book right now, um, and it's about, it's sort of a comprehensive theology of womanhood. I know that does, might not sound very exciting, but... Um, it is, it's actually, I don't think, ever been done. And so the more I started studying and looking for research, uh, looking for, um, you know, just things in my research, information yeah. and research, um, I realized that nobody has gone and, like, kind of pulled all the ideas together of women in the Bible, some theological themes, even some historical impacts on the way that women uh, function in the local church and in their homes. And so what started off to be just kind of a very narrow book about women in ministry has actually turned out to be a much bigger project. And I'm very excited about it, but it'll take me all of 12 months at least. (laughs) No, that's going to be great when that comes out. I mean, and I know there's, there's so many women. I mean, my wife, my wife is like a huge Carrie Weems fan. And so I think you two have such a similar personality. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a huge um, Beth Baird fan. (laughs) So she loves uh, anything that you put out. I know she'll be really excited about that book. But um, so the first question I want to ask in regards to, all right, you want to write a book is how do you know when like a topic is, is big enough 
um, developed enough or maybe just burdened enough on you to where you actually say, I want to write, I need to write a book about this. Yeah, that's, I think that's like different for everybody. But for me, when I have, there's a couple of things when I realize that one topic has multiple layers to it. You know, okay. sometimes I'll preach a message and people will say, you should write a book about that. And I think, well, that's all I have to say about it. So that's, okay. <laughs> that's not a book. <laughs> but if a theme keeps coming up over and over again, either my teaching or my study, or I notice that lots of people are seeking clarity on it, or it's something that I, over the years, have sought clarity on. And I notice that it has a lot of layers in depth. Um, that's something that's motivating to, okay. to me. And if, especially if there's not a lot of content out there on it then that's also motivating. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, to offer something that maybe isn't already being offered. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's okay. Like I put I said this in our in my the first episode in this um in this series, but it's okay to write about something that's already been written about okay. because yeah. everybody has their own unique way of telling their story. And just because someone's already, you know, written about it doesn't mean that you shouldn't write about it because God's going to use the way that you specifically unveil that truth and unfold it to connect with a certain kind of person that obviously, you know, maybe didn't connect with earlier resources. And I kind right. of ran up against that emotionally when I was writing Rhythms of Grace. When I started doing research, I was like, oh, there's already a lot of books out there like this, you know, and I just, the, the Holy Spirit reminded me just because it's already been written doesn't mean that you shouldn't write it. And I'm so glad that I pressed through those negative voices For and, sure. you know, that, that self-talk and went ahead and wrote the book. But, um, yeah, that. But for me, for me, it's just kind of the way I'm wired. I, I like looking for what is nobody talking about that needs to be talked about. Absolutely. Even before uh, we obviously came on the podcast today, and, and we you know have jumped in now. Um, you know, you were talking to me uh, about in your outline, kind of how there's mm -hmm. like four um, four sections, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, to, to simplifying it down to that. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you just talk about to someone who's obviously <clears throat> I want to write a book. Um, talk about those four sections that you encourage people to start in their outlines. Okay, so. One of the things that I always tell people is, you know, when people think about writing, they often think about the use of language and kind of getting out on paper what they know to be true on the inside. And the way that can come across in writing is it can come off as across as kind of disconnected and it can come across as uncredible. And by that, I mean, like, just because you believe something to be true doesn't mean it's true. Yeah or that it's supported by facts or research or anything yeah. else. So we have to be really careful when like a, a lot of people that just want to write their story, sometimes that is um, more of a cathartic thing than something I would think is that is that you should put in a book. Okay. Unless you just want to put it in a book for your own self. Right. Um, but if the, the thing to start with, book writing is first and foremost about logic. And so whatever your topic is, it has to be logically connected in every single chapter. So the first thing you have to have is a store, a really strong central idea. Yep. This is one idea that's going to run through my whole book and it's going to show up from a different angle or in a different way in every chapter that I write. If I have enough to write between eight and 10 chapters, then I've got a book. If I don't, then I might need to go back to the drawing board and start okay. digging a little bit more. That's good. So that's so that's good for someone to, to understand that mm -hmm. eight to ten chapter mark. That's mm -hmm. a very for for everyone listening right now. That's a very practical yeah. um, understanding of do I have enough content? Well, do you have enough for possibly eight chapters? Yeah. Then maybe you begin to understand. Okay, I do have a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, and uh, eight chapters without repeating yourself. Yeah. You know, eight chapters of um, shining more light on a single topic. You know, yeah. so. Um, some things that seem like they would be a good book or maybe a chapter in a book related to a, a better, another bigger idea. So when I have that feeling, like I feel like this is really good, I just want to write it down, I will go ahead and write it. And then I have a file on my computer called Bits and Pieces. Nice. And basically it's 
you know, research that's interesting to me and things that I've written maybe for other books that got edited out, but I still think it's really good. Uh-huh. So um, I'll save that because in my opinion, no writing ever goes to waste. And um, yeah. just because I didn't use it in a book yet doesn't mean that it's not going to be useful, you know? Right. So. Save your information, people. Don't waste it. Save it. It'll all it'll all serve a purpose yep. sooner or later. Well, so what was the second thing? So you got to have a, a strong central idea. What's next? And the next thing is a theme, and okay. I might, that might sound like the same thing as a strong central idea, but every chapter has to have a separate theme. So if you look at Rhythms of Grace, the central idea is really shalom. That's what it is. It's that whole finding wholeness. That is what it goes through every page of the book, but. Every chapter picks up a different theme related to wholeness, and it explores just that theme. So if you don't have enough to fill a chapter, then maybe the theme isn't broad enough. Okay. So you want to get your one single idea and have enough to say about it to fill eight to, you know, between eight and ten chapters. But then each each chapter itself is going to really take one theme related to your central idea and develop it. And it's really important that, you know, you don't go off track with... <laughs> you know, mixing themes. So mixing for, themes, yeah. Yeah, so like in Rhythms of Grace, I had um, one chapter that was on your, your spiritual vitality. Okay. And that was kind of hard for me to write because it's kind of like really natural to me, so I didn't know how to articulate it. It's just something that I do. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to come up with enough to say about it. I had to really dig deep to what I would say, like externalize what I do and my practices and my yeah. thoughts in that area because they've just, you know, I got saved when I was like nine, so they've become kind of second nature to me. But um, so I was it was very tempting for me to go off track and start talking about theology or Bible reading methods or Bible inter- you know, scripture interpretation methods. But that's not what the focus of the chapter was. The focus of the chapter is how does spiritual vitality relate to wholeness and how can what are some basic practices that we can put in our lives that will lead to the outcome of wholeness. And um, so, I, you know, that's what I that's mean by so staying true. within the theme. That's so true. I think I'm just thinking about times now where I've read books or obviously, you know, y- you and I and obviously your husband, Pastor Stovall, like a lot of communicators. I think we've all read a book or maybe even heard a, a speaker at some point, And it was like they got off onto something else. And you almost <laughs> wonder, how do we even arrive here? Like the message or the book started in such a different place. And, and you almost have to trace your steps back to where did we go? Yeah. Um, so that's great. Okay, so we have a strong central idea. We have themes. What's next? The next thing is to have research. Um, research that would be important. <laughs> this is what I call uh, supplementary material. So you need to have research um, supporting evidence or points, um, any kind of illustrations or stories that you want to use. And so, you know, back to my one of the things I said earlier is just because you have a revelation on prayer, and it, it might be a beautiful revelation on prayer, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody should believe what you have to say about it. Yeah. So what are you going to need to do? You're going to need to go research in the Bible or research some theology or commentaries, and you're going to have to, along with your idea, present a case, if you will, showing people that what you're writing is intellectually safe and that it's spiritually sound. So um, a lot of times I find that people just want to say what they want to say and then take it or leave it. People either like it or don't, but that's really kind of not stewarding the message that God's given you well. You need to show people how this fits into framework that we've been given for what is solid theology and what is solid practice. And then also, if your book is the type of book, let's say, that needs some sociological or psychological Uh or other kind of research. So for example, if you want to write a book about how social media is killing the children of America and making us stupider, well, (laughs) you could say that I just believe this. And my son, ever since I got him a smartphone, he's been using, you know, 
Snapchat and now he's, his grades have gone down. Right. Okay, that's your experience. That could be a great illustration, but it cannot be a support supporting evidence for yeah. your argument. You're going to need to go find some, you know, yeah. solid good evidence. But yeah. you want to you don't want to get uh, to me at least. I don't want to write my book and then realize, oh, I need to go do all this research and collect all this evidence. I like to do that ahead of time and have it at the ready. And even with stories, like um, sometimes you don't have a story that you can take from your life. In fact, for me, that's a lot of time. I don't have stories that I can take from my life to support the points. I need to go look at other stories of other people's lives and um, maybe some famous people or some people that did something notable, you know, in history and, and collect those stories and have those at the ready for illustrative purposes right. just to make things more alive to people. Absolutely. Oh, man, stories, illustrations help tremendously. Mm -hmm. So so to everyone listening right now, hopefully you're catching uh, this idea that, Sure, you can go out and you could write a very just self-opinionated book, mm -hmm. but if you really want something of substance, substantial, uh, yeah. you got to put the research in. You got to put the work in. Yeah, exactly. And absolutely. Okay, so we got central ideas, themes. We're doing our research. We're finding illustrations and stories, and then how's it landing? Okay, so that was that's my final thing, and I I, I put that because obviously you would think, well, that's obvious. You've got to think how you want your book to end. But I am the classic person. I get so caught up in the teaching itself or the writing itself that I forget, like, oh, I have to end this. I do this when I speak too, when I preach. Yeah. I forget how I'm. I don't <laughs> think about how I'm going to end it. I'm so, like, well, that's we it. We all do. Yeah. I'm, it's going to end because I'm finished with my content, and then that's how the sermon ends because I'm done. And I forget. <laughs> Like, no, you actually have to end. You have to let other people know that you're ending and you're not just walking off the stage. Yeah. So having an idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be super well-developed. Just in general, how do you want to end the book? What action? I think of it this, like when people finish reading this book, what do I want them to know? What do I want them to believe? It's great. And what do I want them to do? And so if I can answer those questions, um, just like just a sentence or two for each question and I keep that in my mind as I'm writing my book it when you come back around full circle till the end it'll help you um you'll be connected when you get there you won't be off on rabbit trails absolutely that's such a great that is a great principle right there even for those of you who are listening and you want to write a book obviously you're listening to this podcast but maybe you are a communicator of some sort you're a teacher you're a preacher maybe in your mm -hmm. local church or whatever that is what do I want them to know what do I want them to believe what do I want them to do? Yeah. That is three amazing questions as you are putting together your sermon or mm -hmm. your book that you need to answer. And yeah. if you can't answer them, <laughs> they're not going to find them, surely. If so. we can't answer them, we can't expect our readers or listeners to answer them for <laughs> no sure. No way, no way. Okay, so so let's talk about Carrie Weems specifically. Okay. Um, uh, book structuring. Obviously, here's you've written several uh, resources, several books. You have curriculum for days, what seems like <laughs> forever, um, group studies, and all that kind of stuff. And so let's talk about your overall structure um, and, and what you do as you're sitting down and, and you're writing your book. Obviously, you've already shared the four with yeah. us, but maybe just a little more detail of your structure. So it's not very exciting. The first thing I do is I take my outline and I do it like I arrange it by chapter. So I'll say this is my outline for chapter one. And I would even have something like set up the tension. This is the story. So at the beginning of the book, I'm going to identify like I'm going to at the beginning of the book, I'm going to identify a problem. And my reader might not think it's that big of a problem. Yeah. So just in case, I have to find a way to convince them that there is a problem. That's good. And so that's what I call setting up the tension. And honestly, I learned that from Andy Stanley's book, Communicating for a Change. Okay. It's just a really good principle. A lot of his uh, principles in that book can also be used for writing. They're just good communication principles. They're going to be you know come out a little differently, but you can use a lot of his um, advice in that book, a lot of his, his uh processes in that book for writing yeah. a book as well. And um, so the first thing I do is I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, introduce 
the problem. I, for that reason, I don't like my first chapter always serves as an introduction. And for that reason, I don't really have introductions for my book. Okay. Um, as yet, I've just done that. So my, my first chapter will be that. And then I'll get kind of into the meat of what I'm talking about. So I, I usually like to structure my book in three sections. I got the introduction and then that's, then I start my first section. So my first section is generally, um, it identifies the problem a little bit in a little bit more detailed way. Um, it might provide corroborating research. It mm -hmm. might clearly define important themes or concepts. So like in rhythms of grace, I needed to do a whole chapter on Shalom because Shalom was the core concept of the book. And if you didn't right. understand, if my reader didn't understand what I meant by Shalom, they were really going to miss the yeah. message of my book. Also, because grace, I had a whole chapter on grace, because grace means a lot of things. It's a huge word. And so I had to kind of hone in on what exactly did I mean by grace. That's so good right there. You know, defining terms. Yeah. Like so sometimes, you know, those of us who... Uh, like to think that you know we're very educated and and in you know we're we're studied, well studied, all this kind of stuff. We use terms. Well, a lot of people maybe just don't know the terms. Yeah. When you're writing any type of communication or you're speaking publicly, sometimes you got to stop and define terms. Yeah, absolutely, and and especially like if you're talking about grace and everybody has their own little personal yep. ad, you know um, color the way they see that, and which is great. But you, you they need to understand what you mean. Right. when you're talking about it. So I would say that first chapter, that first section might be between, it could it could be one, three chapters, it could be two, just depends. But it's going to be defining terms, setting up the tension, identifying the problem, talking about your, you know, giving sort of a teaser of the solutions and giving your reader an overview of where you're taking them. Because for me, um, you know, when I'm reading a book, I like to know where I'm going um, up front. Not that I want to say, here's, okay, here's all this, you know, everything I'm going to say, but more like, first, we're going to talk about some, you know, some foundational concepts. And then I'm going to talk about how to do this. And then yeah. the next section is going to be about this. That's and great. This is how, this is the best way. I also go, like, I think it's good for, for the writer to say, as you read this book, take this mindset. Yeah. You know, because it just helps the reader really get into, it helps you open your frame of mind up to the reader. And there's a better chance of, them understanding what you're trying to say. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Even when, even in times when you know I've I've tried to help train uh, young communicators, it's okay to show your cards, mm -hmm. so to speak. You know what I mean? Everything doesn't have to be some secret locked away in the pages of yeah. the book that they have to find on their own. It's okay to show a little bit of the cards at the beginning. This is what the book's about. This is where we're going. Yes, exactly. And what it really and for the for most people, they are less about the wow moment or the great sentence than they are about. I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time reading this yep. book and I want to know what the takeaway is going to be. Like, what are you going to promise me? What is my takeaway? And then they can look for that takeaway in the pages of your book. And one of the things I always like to tell writers is that the burden is on you to be understood. That's it good. is not on your reader to understand you. Wow. And so you've got the message and it's in your head. You're writing it on a page and you're sending it out into the world and it's going to land in someone's hands and then they're going to read what you said. And so the only translation between the image in your head and the other person's brain is the page on the book, yep. in the book. And so you have to get that page just right. It is on you to be extremely clear. So, you know, you can only do that so much. You can't, you know, qualify every statement. But, you know, it matters. It matters what shade of meaning each word yep. has, you know, what what um, that you define some terms that you give illustrations so that people understand, see examples, like see basically yep. as, as stories and illustrations are ways of modeling a concept without being there. Yeah. So that's what those are for. So, 
Um, so section one kind of does all the groundwork stuff. And then section two, this lays out the more abstract overarching concepts that would undergird the book. So it prepares the reader to understand and implement the principles in section three. So it's another kind of a little bit more abstract, but it would talk about just um, you're kind of but the way I do it, the way I structure it. And this is just me. Not everybody's like this. Again, this is just my way of doing it because this is the way I'm wired. I like to start with big, big, big picture and narrow in okay. to the very personal practical. And because of the kind of content that I'm attracted to and motivated by, it's usually not going to be it's, it's not like. I'm just going to read a couple of sections and get it. Like yep. it's going to require people to commit to the content. And so um, section three is the, is what I like to call like the life empowering section. This is where the, you know, the rubber meets the road. It's more practical. Um, the chapters in that section will always like tend to be shorter and there might be more chapters in section three, the third section okay. than in the more conceptual yeah. chapters, you know? How, how important do you think it is uh, to give the reader just practical, applicable, like like homework, so to speak. Like I don't know. Have you ever read a book where you felt like that was a good book, but it didn't really mm-hmm. didn't really push me to do? I think that is so important. Um, one of my biggest frustrations is like reading a book that is so good and moving, but you end it and you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And there are some books that are meant to be that way. I understand that, but for a book that you are, if you're a reader presenting a book about, you know, how to change your marriage, let's say. Uh-huh. Um, then you don't want to spend all your book describing what a good marriage is and giving uh, scriptures for, about marriage and teachings on marriage and then not say, okay, so today when you go home, let's try this for a change. Right. So I always say that a, a, a good book, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I always say that a book that is really solid conceptually but doesn't have any practical application in it is like a plane that takes off and never lands. Wow. Like you're just up in the air. Yeah. People need to know <laughs> how this can impact them. And, you know, if, if you're just, if the goal of writing your book really is to change the way pe- people think about something, yep. then it's very important that you state that up front because people are used to looking for action steps. Right. That, so, that was actually going to lead me to the next question I had. Do you find that you almost have to always give the reader uh, written out examples and, and, and like practicality? Or do you think people are... <laughs> smart enough to apply principles in their life. Like uh, I, I say that because oftentimes when we communicate from stages and platforms, sometimes it's like, I have to almost connect the dots for you. If I, I can't trust that they're always going to find the 10 ways they can apply this in life. I have, I have to actually share it with them. Do you think that would be true? Oh, absolutely. One of the things I think people have the biggest problem with, especially when it comes to something like the Bible that was written so long ago, is generalizing the principles into the context of their daily life. That's, yeah, they just don't know how to take something that was written in one AD yeah. and you know translate it to 2019, <laughs> and that's a big you know time, culture, space gap to leap. And so I have to help them do that, but also to contextualize it to different kinds of people because um, you know by the time you write a book, especially your light or a message, you think you have just basically had a steady diet of this one thing. Yeah. You can forget that people, they're coming to it fresh, you know? That's so true. You know, it's really, it's, it's so important to give people practicals. That's so true. Sometimes you, you're miles ahead <laughs> in, in the topic, and, yeah. and they're still back here on page one. And yeah. so, yeah, definitely kind of almost holding, holding their hand, so to speak, as yeah. we explore this topic, this idea, all yeah. that. So, and, uh, so what's your last section then? My last section is always, it's the closing section, and it, 
Usually for me, it centers around inspiring people and equipping the reader to sustain whatever gains they made while reading the book, you know, as time goes on. So with Rhythms of Grace, it was about, okay, you can do this. And then it's about, okay, how can we make sure that we keep this mindset of wholeness and don't let our schedule take over again and get into the pattern of just always being busy. So I need to also think, okay, how can, like, if I, how can someone, that's another practical aspect, how could someone sustain this in their everyday life? What are some signs that you're getting off track? Yep. What are some, you know, and so I, like, for, for Rhythms of Grace, one of the things um, that I came down to at the, at the end, I was like, what are, what are some of the things that um, cause people to start getting really, really busy? And I realized that one of those things is making choices about, should I take on these new opportunities that come my way or should I say no to them? How uh -huh. do I manage new opportunities? Like right now I might have a perfect schedule and everything looks great, but the nature of life is that things change. So how do I know what to say yes to and what to say no to? So one of the chapters in my closing uh, section was really just about navigating opportunity. Right. Yeah. So I think helping people. So my, in my last, in my last chapter is always going to kind of run through and sum things up and, um, remind people of what they've learned and just encourage them to do it, you know? Nice. So, I, and I saw, you know, we were talking before we even came on about how the closing chapters need to end on a high note. Yes. Don't yes. leave them on a low note. No, no. And, and with some encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for me personally, I can be so intense and I don't realize like that can, that can be a downer sometimes for people. <laughs> like if you're super intense and they leave, read, they've closed the book and put it down like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm just the worst person. Life is terrible. The world is going to hell. <laughs> you know, I don't want people to feel like that. I want them to end the book with a feeling of like, okay, I can do this. I got this. I'm not the only one, you know, I can talk about this in the light and somebody else understands what I'm feeling. And now I have practical tools to help myself move to the next right. level. And so many people that I have talked to who are uh, communicators and obviously book writing is so similar, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a, obviously they're all forms of communication. Uh, the end is, is the toughest part for a lot of people. They mm -hmm. don't, just like we were talking, you were sharing, they don't know where to, uh, to bookend it, yeah. uh, so to speak. But I think if you're listening, you know, right now, uh, those, those three things that she shared, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to believe? What do you want them to do? Mm -hmm. And then how do we end high? How do we end positive? Even if your book isn't faith-based, yeah. if it's not about church or Jesus or any of that, how, how can you still inspire yeah. positivity, encouraging? <laughs> yes. Leave them, leave, them, leave them up. Don't leave them down. So. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Well, I know that we are going to close up this episode of So You Want to Write a Book. Obviously, if you're following along uh, the Carrie Weens podcast, uh, we've already done a couple episodes uh, where she's been talking about organizing content and all sorts of things. So make sure you, you look back and uh, listen to some of those episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're even going to jump into another one here in just a second where you give even more practical yep. tips on some of the book writing process. And so thank you guys so much. Pastor Carrie, you. you're amazing. All right. And we love learning from you. Thanks, so we'll Clay. see you guys on the next episode here at the Carrie Weems Podcast. Bye. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at the Carrie Weems Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and followers on social media. And don't forget, one of the best ways you can help us get the word out is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a simple and easy way that you can help us spread the word about the great teaching that Carrie has been sharing. Plus, if you would like Carrie to answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is email them to us at info at 
Don't forget to follow on social media to stay up to date on all the latest resources that are releasing on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Weems, or you can find Carrie on Facebook as well. And of course, for a full list of all the available books and resources, just visit CarrieWeems.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.